really long while since we've done this, but welcome back to my favorite podcast, and I hope it's your favorite podcast. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, I am one of the hosts, The Cap, here with, of course, Mike, the finance guy. Howdy, hi. <laughs> and Ralph, the tech. Does not compute. All right. And actually, we're here with a special guest. We I like, I like throwing in special guests every now and again. This guy is the reason why I even read comic books, and also he's related to me, so we, he's cool on multiple levels. Say what's up, Detroit. Hey, yo. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, he did say hey, yo. So, um, we took a week off. It felt weird not to do a podcast on a Saturday. It would have felt better if I actually didn't see you guys. Wow, yeah. We were, <laughs> <laughs> we were stuck with each other for two whole days. Yeah, that was great. But at Comic-Con, I mean, you, you can get easily get lost. And especially Mike, who can't read a map. <laughs> I tried getting lost, but they still kept finding me. <laughs> hey, you shouldn't talk about reading maps because without me, you guys would have gotten lost. No, 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 no. I was fine. <laughs> Mike was the one who was like, but if this booth is here and this is there. I already and, warned everybody. <laughs> and you were like, we're here and you had the map upside down. Because I was turning it in relation to the actual um, booth and where everything was, bro. Uh-huh. Sure. I never knew where I was at any point. (laughs) (laughs) It's not supposed to matter. It's Comic-Con. It's magic. And I mean, and this was Ralph's first Comic-Con, correct? That is correct. I am no longer a Comic-Con virgin. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) It was messy, guys. It was messy. (laughs) So I I guess we want to just open the show with talking about um, how did you guys feel about Comic-Con? There's plenty of things we're going to get into, like some of the panels. But overall, how did you guys feel about Comic-Con? Loved it. Loved it. If you are a geek and you're into all the things that you got chastised for still to this day, it's kind of like one of those things where you feel redeemed or you feel like, you know, well, you know, I am a good person after all. That's actually one of of my friends at Comic-Con was saying, he goes, you know, I used to get this in high school because I was into this and that comic. And then, you know, now it's like, well, who's laughing now? And I'm like, yeah, I guess it's, it's kind All of the true. people that aren't nerds are still laughing. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't stopped. They just weren't at Comic-Con, so they're exactly. not cool. <laughs> they were laughing at us on the bus going down to Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, it's funny because you, you, you see the people looking at the people going to Comic-Con. So you see people on the street watching the costume people go in. And some of them give weird phrases. And a lot of them look like, damn, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely get those people that are like... I wonder what my friends would think if, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what's interesting is that um, when you look at some of the, the costumes there, you're like, wow, that some of them are really creative. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like the lesbian Magneto. That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> or the pimp Joker. Yeah, they were all, there were some great ones there. They really, I, I liked all the, uh, the punch belly heroes that were... You know, oh my goodness! Punch <laughs> there was nothing it wasn't punch as many as last year. We didn't see as many. No, no I feel like when, when, was... when Troy and I went last year, I mean, it was one of those things where it was like, "Wow, people are dressed." Re- you know, whether it was attractive or just a really well done costume, it just felt like people were on their A game. We came this year, and not that people weren't on their A game, but I feel like the people who were on their A game showed up later. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, I, I didn't go to last year's, but I. Um, went on to Comic Vine to look at their uh, New York City Comic-Con um, pictures from this year. Mm-hmm. Accidentally, I looked at 2012. So I'm looking through these pictures, not realizing I'm in 2012, and I'm like, these costumes were great. I mean, these oh. random pictures they took, people they took pictures of. And I'm going, wow, I didn't see this person. That person, this was fantastic. Realized it was in t- um, 2012, then went to 2013, and they had a lot of the same pictures that I took. And I'm going, yeah, these really, there weren't really a lot of standouts. I mean, there were some good ones. Yeah. But just when you compare them year to year, definitely not the same. Yeah. I thought last year was 
was significantly better. I mean, costume wise, yeah, yeah costume wise. Yeah, I remember last year we saw that girl dressed as Venom. Yes, and that, that was, was awesome. A standout. Oh, that is, wait, is this something and where I, she had like makeup halfway down? Because yeah. that's on their site. And again, I, I, I saw that, was. and I'm like, yeah, I'm just like, that is a great looking costume, you know. And there was some She-Hulk, I think, with a Hulk also in 2012, and she looked fantastic. I mean, she really looked like She-Hulk. Like you know, she had that like you know that um, what do you want to call it? Uh, that uh, aerobics physique. Yeah. But then with the green paint, it just it worked. You know. I mean, there were a couple of good costumes this year. Like, I mean, um, <clears throat> Mike the Finances guy's favorite costume hero, Doctor Strange, with his freaking flip phone. You would think you have an eye of Argamoto, but you have a fucking flip phone. <laughs> And he looked like so like like when you as well, I was watching him as he was walking around the crowd and people were asking him to take picture pictures and he was like oh, if you must and I was like fuck you Doctor Strange. <laughs> you know, it's cool is not just comic books because I mean last year what was very cool was that was the was the RV that was out in front of Comic Con <laughs> yes. with Dale with the guy who looked just like Dale from The Walking Dead oh, wow. sitting on top of the RV and you know he had zombies you know various zombies and when we walked in this year. We saw that guy who looked like Eisenberg from Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. was like, I wasn't expecting that, but I was like, wow, he really does look like he cooks meth. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the look you want. You look like a guy that cooks meth. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great compliment. So I'm going to bring home to mom. Um, oh, yeah. it, what's interesting is that this year we didn't leave the, we didn't leave the comic book. We didn't leave the, the Javits Center at all. No. Yeah. No, and, and what's funny is with those prices, maybe we should have. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I'll tell you that, though. I had, um, what was it? Uh, a brisket sandwich. Oh, yeah, the brisket sandwich? Oh, my God. It was heavenly. And the potato salad that came with it. Yeah, we, Mike and I had that the day before. Finger yeah. licking good. Yeah, yeah. There's some good food around there, but again, just the, especially by Saturday, that, that hour wait in line for it was just a yeah. little bit Well, long. you guys wanted to get pizza. You know, I just hopped over to the Chinese place. There was no line. You know, just There's also no cats in the Don't place. remind me of the pizza <laughs> that, that line. That make you think about it, too. <laughs> Don't remind me of the pizza line. I have bad memories from that pizza I line. I finished eating. I took my time, too, eating it. And you guys still weren't done. I was di done digesting by the time you guys were sitting down. <laughs> yeah, no, it, was, it was pretty crazy around there. So, yeah, so, I, mean, it was, I mean, it was crowded, but it moved. I know Friday moved a lot better than Saturday, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. But, I mean, there was. it's funny because I think Mike had mentioned it upon us hanging out. He was saying... You know, there wasn't as many surprises or wow factors or things revealed in this Comic-Con as opposed any. to San Diego. Yeah, there weren't any. There, there wasn't one wow at all. There, there, there's no, uh, you know, news of some, you know, movie that you didn't know already was coming out. There was no scenes that you haven't seen. There was just... And it's not like we didn't try. I mean, Mike Mike and I and Ralph, we all went to, um, to, we went to three panels Friday, right? Yeah. Let me see. Um, panel one was the the comic book. Man. Oh, you didn't go to the right. comic book. I went man. to the um, the amazing X Men. Do you regret that? Um, <laughs> really, not not as much as you know missing you know Kevin Smith sucking his own dick, which you guys evidently enjoyed profusely. <laughs> hey, wait, 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 so hold on, so hold on. Kevin Smith sucking his own dick versus you with the amazing X Men revealing what? What uh, earth shattering news did they give you? None. What earth exactly. shattering did Kevin Smith give you? Huh? It was funny. It was. It was. It was. It was pretty, so then none. He, he told us that we can make a podcast and we should. Didn't he already tell you that in his podcast? Yes, exactly. We told oh. us again. So, so basically, he rehashed information <laughs> for you. That's nice. Yes. 
So basically, you guys got to hear something you already knew. That's nice. I got to hear new information. Like what? <laughs> Could you please share with us, sir? Well, Amazing X-Men uh, will be coming out soon, and that's going to be the return of Nightcrawler, the real Nightcrawler, not the alternate dimensional one that's been hanging around now. Killing people. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I won't read it. Um, but um, that's coming out. There's also going to be a new X Factor is going to be coming out again, written by Peter David. Peter David was good in his last X Factor run, yeah. even though I didn't pick it up as often as oh, I should. It's, it's great. Yeah, he, he pretty much put up all the reveals. He revealed the the link between Shatterstar and uh, and, and Longshot. Uh, and Longshot finally, and that's and what is the link between Shatterstar? Spoilers, spoilers. Um, I wish I could do it justice to remember exactly how he tells the story, but believe it or not, they're both each other's father. Yeah, that makes you stop right there. What? <laughs> and then he gets, and then he, then he chastises us for going to see Kevin Smith. Fuck that. Could you imagine that? It's like, I'm even, your father. Wait, I'm your father. Even yeah. What? If you, even if you Daddy. didn't want to be spoiled by that, you would still have to go read the comic. Yeah. Because I guess yeah. yeah not, well, at least just knowing that issue. it is just not helpful. Just reading that issue, yeah. The, the way he explains it, it's not. I mean, it's still silly, but he, he intentionally it is a little bit more tongue in cheek the way he tells it. But it's a good story. So anyhow, there's going to be um, another X Factor, and then. She-Hulk is getting another comic. That's going to be good. Wait, so you were in the X-Men panel and She-Hulk came up? Well, it was, what, oh, yeah, the main yeah. one was the Amazing X-Men, but then it was really about, like, I think some of the newer stuff that's coming out. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, and then even talking uh, about some of the um, existing comics, it was just great to hear them. You know, they, they mention, like, all new X-Men, and you hear the crowd, yeah, woo, you. Then they're like, you know, and Savage Wolverine. <laughs> one guy in the back and then they cricket, were like cricket yeah um and, and was it the x-men legacy or i think that's the one with uh that's legion, legion. Yeah, yeah they they, they said oh they're God. like and who out there is enjoy x-men legacy and there's just this pause here <coughs> <laughs> it's just like all right is anyone making notes of this <laughs> yeah. it's like, okay so uh, that's a no to x-men legacy <laughs> yeah. savage wolverine all right what's next well, well it's funny while you were over there we i mean one thing i definitely learned from kevin smith's <laughs> podcast is that he fucks up as much as i do yeah. during the podcast because they, they, they showed like outtakes and i was like oh because it, it looks like he gets it all in one in one right. take no and he does a lot of the same stuff that i do so i'm like oh okay I so you're just saying now. basically he has a better tech guy than we do Wow, I mean, that was a diss on me, and it went right to you. Ouch! Wow, we didn't even go six claws in yet. I know, right? Oh, by the oh, way, God. um, my girlfriend heard our last podcast, and she wanted me to tell you, so I decided to tell you on the air. She said, "Fuck you, Ralph." Um, four out of eight rating for Walking Dead, my ass. <laughs> Fuck you. Watch the whole series. End of quote. Wow. <laughs> I'd really love to get her opinion on Once Upon a Time. <laughs> oh, gosh. You tried to get me to watch that shit last night. It's uh, a good show. Oh, goodness. It's good. You, it should, watch, you should watch Once Upon a Time. I have testicles. I can't watch that show. In Wonderland. It's pretty good. Oh, you too? Hey. Oh, my God. Wait, but you won't watch. Wait, hold on. But, he, but at least Mike watches Walking Dead. You don't watch Walking Dead. I don't like super dramatic shows. So how's it super dramatic? I think it's like the moment you turn it on, it's dramatic. It, the first... When we were watching the first episode, the first thing you see is the cop walking down the street by himself holding a gas can, and then you see the girl come out of nowhere, and it's like, little girl, come here. (laughs) (laughs) Little girl, and then, well, tell me that's not dramatic. Well, Well, it is dramatic, but it's studying the scene. It's good stuff, man. You gotta, you gotta watch it. You can't be afraid like, like the cat. Wow. (laughs) Leave me and my, and my horror phobia alone, please. (laughs) (laughs) If you were that scared of, um, or afraid of horrible things, you wouldn't be able to shave in the morning. (laughs) 
Wow, you're just mean. You're just mean. <laughs> Two weeks, and I would thought you'd get be nicer than me. <laughs> no, I got a little bit of a cold. I'm a, I'm a cranky bastard. Now. Mike's been drinking that haterade. Yeah, Mike's been drinking the haterade the past couple of I'm days. Very hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, mo- just moving right along, we also went to um the, the panel for Justice League War. Wait, hold on. Time the groan. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Hey. Justice League War is basically the animated version of the first six issues of the new Justice League in the new 52 series. Yeah, it's been, I really wish they had brought Conroy in, but, you know, the guy, he does it all right, boys. I all right. Happy, well, instead of hearing about Justice League War, I would have been happy if they brought Kevin Conroy in just to talk about his grocery list. <laughs> <laughs> I would have asked him to read that. I mean, so I bought some apples. Yeah! <laughs> some pineapples. Yeah, and, and the yeah. new guys, I mean... It, it, you always want to give the new guy a chance because yeah. you know. I mean, it's hard to play Batman. It's nope. hard to play an iconic character like that. But the guy, when, when you watch the the footage they gave you, and you heard the voice come out of Batman's mouth, it was like, what? Yeah, yeah I mean, he was okay as Batman. It's fine. I mean, you find enough that it's not going to bother. It's not like he sounded like um, Pee Wee Herman or something. Doing yeah. it. But what I love though is when they're interviewing him, they're like, "So how'd you like doing Batman?" Boy, I just loved it. Didn't you like? What the hell? <laughs> They keep finding all these. We were talking about that yeah. at Comic Con. They keep finding these foreign actors to do these these American roles because yeah. they do it better than we do. Well, actually, uh, Andrea Romano was saying that she actually um, admires the fact that like a lot of the foreigners you yeah. know, do such good American accents, almost better than Americans do them. You know, and I'm like, I don't know how that works, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think also part of it is you know, I mean, when people read, um, when they read script, it's hard. You know, like we speak how we speak. In an, on an everyday basis, but when you're told to act, some people's brains don't work that way. Yeah. They, it doesn't translate to reading a script. But they're actors. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah it doesn't mean, you're, it doesn't mean all of them are very good. That means all of them would have jobs and not be waiting tables. Right, but, if you're, <laughs> but if you're an American and you're a voice actor, you think you'd be able to really do a good American voice. Anybody could be a label. The bottom line is if you're a good one, you're able to do it. And I think yeah. she's saying the better ones are, you know. Oh, yeah. And I and just, just like everything else in America. <laughs> you're having, but he's an actual actor, not just a voice actor. Yeah. Yeah, what show? What show was he in? He was in Terra Nova. He's in Vegas. Oh. Terra Nova was a, a great show, but it was canceled because they they when they ended it, they left it with this major cliff, cliffhanger. Real quick, the summary is that um, it's set in the future where they go to the past because apparently the future is so horrible they have to start over at the beginning, and this is the time where yeah, yeah. where dinosaurs are around and everything. So that would be so much better. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's this big con- like conspiracy. You don't know what's going on, and at the very end, you see them find um like this artifact. That's, that's like a, a, I think it was like part of a ship, right? But it looks like it was it, it had been there for hundreds of years. So it's like you don't even know what the hell was going on, and it just ends right there. Oh, so basically, the kind of aliens had already been to Earth, kind of thing, but in our millions yeah. of years ago. Yeah, but it's like a, a Viking piece of a Viking ship or something. But they found it in like 20 something bc so it's like nice yeah and and that that two seconds and moments of silence tells you how great that sounded yeah. <laughs> but like before it got to that the show was pretty good and he was actually he, he played it he was the lead in the in the show well okay. he was the father huh yeah he, he was, the, he was the father, father. Right? yeah that's, that's the new voice of batman that, so. yeah um i mean justice league war is it's the same kind of anime and, and i try as a kid in me i anything they try to animate a dc comic i get kind of excited because before Back when I was growing up, and, lot, and when a lot of you guys were growing up, well, except for Ralph, Ralph's like five. But like when we were growing yeah, up, yeah, good, they didn't, they, they didn't have a lot of animate, good animated stuff. So when I see something that's animated and they're doing it based on a comic book, I get kind of like hopeful, like okay, well maybe this will be better. Jason just, O'Mara is his name. Thank you, Jason O'Mara. Thank you. 
to yeah, me, all, to me, all of it is good because I, I grew up with Super Friends. Yeah, so everything say. is superior. <laughs> well, to except, Super Friends. except for Superman versus Brainiac, that that was horrible. Well. And Superman Doomsday. Yeah, that was horrible too. Hey, <laughs> I mean, we're I, talking about the art, not just the movie. I the movies were horrible too. I enjoyed Superman. Doomsday. Yeah, you, you you gave Wolverine six claws, and you gave and you love Superman Doomsday. I don't know how you're alive. I don't even know how you're on this podcast. That's because I don't drink as you much haterade as you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. <laughs> yeah, you needed someone to work for free and make your website for you. <laughs> there you go. And, and we thank Ralph for that profusely. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, Justice League War. It looks like it's gonna be the same old kind of artist. The the the. Um, Japanimation influenced mm-hmm. um, manga style, pointy nosed Justice League, and without Aquaman. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. That, we'll get to that one in a second. I mean, it's the same. Uh, like the cap says, the same art. It's um, it's not. I think based particularly off of any artist. Like you know, like for instance, like when they did the Dark Knight Returns, they tried to base it a lot more on Miller's stuff, uh, Frank Miller's yeah. style and whatnot. This one, I think, is. Just more of its own, because it's didn't Jim Lee do the Justice Jim League? Jim Lee did the Justice League. Yeah, one, and this yeah. doesn't look like his artwork style, which is weird. That because his artwork style looks like it'd be very easy to replicate in um, animation. So I don't know why they don't do it. But um, but anyhow, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, when you're a big wig at Justice, uh, when you're a big wig at DC, I think you have the the balls to say, you know what? Nobody can imitate my style. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Nobody's gonna try to do a bad Jim Lee. Fuck it. There you go. <laughs> I run shit. <laughs> let Jim Lee do a bad job. Hey, Jim Lee's good. No, he's a good guy. Yeah, he, um, he, but uh, the Justice League War, it's for anyone that hasn't read it, I mean, it's, like, like I said, it's the first six issues and of the Justice League, and they weren't good. And that's my problem. And he right away just saw my face at the Comic-Con when they were showing a couple of clips. Yeah. And I was hating it because not so much that the clips looked bad. The clips looked like most of the DC animation. Um, but the dialogue is from the books, you know, and the dialogue wasn't good. And so, you know, I'm watching it, and it's, it's one of those things where it's not like looking at something that you've never seen before or read before, and you're making a snap judgment just going, oh, I don't like it. It's like, no, I've read the story. It sucked. <laughs> watching it as an hour movie is not going to be any better. <laughs> it's not going to be any better. So right away, I'm like looking at it, I'm going, this is going to suck. You know what it is? It's cause like, uh, be- because you've read so much and you've seen so many different storylines, Guess your mind isn't open to the new possibilities. He just made you sound like an immortal. <laughs> All the things you've seen, like the dinosaur and the pyramids. I have one of the affinity gems. <laughs> um, it's, it's, I mean, there could be some of that, but it's, it's, it's not, for instance, again, it's not like um, I never read the first six of the Justice League, and then I saw this movie and I was making a snap judgment. Then I would be making a judgment based off of, what, 45 seconds worth of clip, yeah. and that, would be, that wouldn't be good. No, I've read the story. I already know it's a bad story. I mean... You know, you get a lot of Green Lantern. Uh, so you're Batman. What's your superpower? Tell me you're just not a man in a bat costume. I mean, you know, and, it, and it's funny when you read it, and then it gets old. It gets old, and that's it what it is. Several times. And it the fact old, that yeah. I know that those lines are coming. It's like uh, I know it's going to happen. And then, like Cap said, for some odd reason, Aquaman's not in it. And Aquaman in the DC um, New 52 is actually really good. So they decided to take him out for their own reason, I guess, because he's going to have a movie of yeah, his own. They're going to make uh, a, their own Aquaman movie. Right. And then on top of that, they're adding, they're, they're removing Aquaman and adding, and no knock on him, a fellow captain, Captain Marvel. Or Shazam! Was, they're calling him Shazam now. So well, you His know. name is Shazam. His yeah. name is Shazam. What kind of Because I think he that? can willingly choose when the lightning will change him when he says the word. Yeah, so it's not like he's going to... He's at the DMV. What's your name? Shazam. Aren't you Billy Batson? No, Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's at least the way it works now. Um, what but. you mean is that 
if he accidentally says Shazam, right. it won't transform him into. Well, you remember like in the old days. In the um, old way, he, well, had, he Cap- couldn't well, say well, he, it. Well, he, he was Captain Marvel then, but remember Captain Marvel Junior. Yeah, he, he changed by saying Captain Marvel. Remember that's right. not right. So and that he, he could actually, never say his name. He could never actually say his own right. name. Right, his was up, really ridiculous. Like calling him CM three. That was horrible. Like, <laughs> like that was going to make him badass. Like he was suddenly going to date Britney Spears or something like that. You know, like he was K Fed now. You know. Yeah, wow. I never... yeah, but his was really dumb. Like he could never say, "Well, I'm Captain Marvel." I'm a cripple. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, I'm all about including more Captain Marvel into DC films. But this may, this was not the film they should have been adding them to. No, I I don't know why they can't just do their own Captain Marvel. You know, they already had a miniseries where they introduced them in the Justice League books. I, they I did a, a DC um, special for Captain Marvel. You mean the one with Superman or? No, no, they they, they had a, a um, like a really. Short oh wait, that's one. right. Yeah, you're right. There is a, the one with Superman. That's right. I don't understand why if Aquaman's getting his own movie, that would preclude him from being in the Justice League movie. I agree. Because how many times has Superman and Batman have had their movies? Right. I, I don't see the point. Right. It's no. Just, I mean, it and they didn't give us an explanation. Yeah, that didn't make. They didn't just make hate sense. Aquaman. Well, that they, much. And, and the first fact <laughs> is just like you know, Troy's pointing out that you know they didn't give it an explanation and they said it as if it made sense. You know how like when you make a statement just like that, well, going, he's getting, well, he's getting his own movie. That answers your question. It's like, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> he was in this one too. The Q and A of that of that particular panel was quite funny, especially with the sequence guy when they talked about anybody here like Aquaman. The guy in the in the orange sequence comes up, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, he's not in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was so and the Q and A was just, you know, like yeah. he's funny because he had fans asking about stuff, and some of them brought up some interesting points, like, why don't you make this movie? Why don't you make that movie? Right. Um, what was the one that they said? And I'm and um, it was a pretty good idea. What was it um, the Curse of Curse of the Robins? Yeah, that would be actually. That was a really good idea that 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 that, um, that, that fanboy said. He was like, "Well, why don't you do a a, a a Justice League movie or a Batman movie about the Curse of the Robins and how each one has taken on being Robin and have uh, had a tragic end, whether it's death or whatever." And I was like, "Wow, that's 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 pretty cool." Well, it'd be good, except none of them have had a tragic end. Well, Tim Drake's father and fa- father died because of being Robin. And Did in the he? Old universe. Right? Did he? I, I don't know. I mean, I seriously, I, I don't oh, know what's I don't know. Damn what's it, this damn new Fifty Two right. fucking well, up and everything. That's the problem. It's like, yeah, I mean, the kid's suggestion was great, but it's like, you know, Jason Todd didn't die, or at least I don't think he's died in this universe, or because he he wouldn't have really much of a chance. Batman's only been Batman for six years, so then not how, all six years have been with Robins. How do they at least one he year. becomes Red Hood? They haven't. Uh, at least maybe. Do you, Troy? Do you read the uh, the comic? Think, Red Hood I and the Outlaws. I don't recall them explaining, but you could explain it anyway. I mean, he could have just left being. Right, you know, that's he what I'm assuming. He could have left the role after a fallout with Batman oh, and then oh, become oh. red. Uh, he could have left the role uh, at a certain age and just like Dick Grayson went on to become Nightwing and he does. And uh, Tim Drake and went, went on to become uh, right. well, he, Red he, Robin. He was Red Robin. According to them, he's always been Red Robin. Really? Is that the way they're running it? Yeah. Oh, good yeah. Lord. According to worse. them, he, he, when, he, when Tim Drake became Robin, he took on the role as. Red Robin, which I absolutely hate. Because that makes no sense. Makes you were the no only sense. Robin. It's not like it was going to confuse you with anybody. Right. You know? It doesn't make any sense. It's really stupid. It, 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 you know, ah, it's just yeah. a oh, wow. really stupid. Because I, I don't read the TV. But getting back to the first Jason three, yeah. Todd, Jason Todd could could conceivably have just moved on into the yeah. new role. Well, that's why I was you assuming know, that they're going to conflict of interest with Batman. I don't recall if he had been killed by the Joker. I think that is in continuity in the 52. I, I think it know. is, I mean, but I don't know. I think Wayne well, actually, I did read the, it. Well, the Joker he, references something in the death of a yeah. Of the he family did kill about, him, and he was he was resuscitated by the by the Lazarus Pit. No, that's the movie. 
No, that's that's continuity. so that so they're actually taking movie continuity into the comic book now. Yeah, I believe that's because exactly. the, the Batman and the Red Hood is how they explain that because of course Superman Prime doesn't exist. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. In in the new Fifty Two, the Superman Prime <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with anything, so he he was resuscitated by the Lazarus Pit. Oh wow, well, I have to double check on that because, like I said, in the death of the family, though, I don't think the Joker mentions killing a Robin. I know he mentions beating one. With a crowbar right. or something like that, but I, I don't remember if he did kill him or not. But th- that's one thing. But DC created the New Fifty Two. They kept claiming that they were going to keep as much Batman and Green Lantern history in line, which is still impossible. But that's what they claim because really, like I said, there's how many Robins? There's Night. Um, there's Four. Grayson, there's, boy, Grayson, Todd, Todd Drake, Drake, Damian, Damian, and Stephanie Miller. Stephanie, well, Stephanie is not count. included. No, she's not even in the she universe. She hasn't count. been reintroduced she yet. Okay, she, but, but wait a minute. Included. It's only four? Or I thought there was five of them. It's four. It's four. Okay. Um, so with the four of them, you figure Batman, like I said, he's only been Batman for six years. He definitely didn't have a Robin in the first year. So you're talking about basically if he gets one in his second year, that only gives him five, five years, years to yeah. train four Robins. That's basically telling you how easy it is to become Batman. If you got a year, take a year off from work, hook <laughs> it with a billionaire. Or, or how easy it is to become a Robin. <laughs> yeah, well, Are you a kid down on your luck? Did your parents die? Well, step on over to Batman's world. Your, your parents alive? Well, we can have one of them killed. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Tim. Too soon? <laughs> Speaking of Robins, since we're bringing, we're discussing, you know, I'm going getting off track. Are they planning on killing Dick Grayson? Why do you ask? I, I because heard. remember, in the old, in what was it, Infinite Crisis, or what was the one before Infinite? You mean Crisis? Crisis on Infinite Earths. The yeah, original. Crisis. That the editorial mandate was was originally to kill, kill Dick Grayson off. Oh, okay. And they at the last minute they didn't. Now you see in Forever Evil they reveal his identity, oh. and you know. I feel I, like he's in jeopardy well, again. Well, I mean, they're going to have to undo that somehow because I, I just, I mean, this is, of course, just opinion, not that I know of anything. It's they're, the, the fan backlash, because that's the one thing. The public itself loves Dick Grayson. Uh, yeah. Even the public that doesn't follow the comics, because that's the only that's the Robin, Robin that they know. Knows. The only Robin that the public at large knows is Dick Grayson. So you can kill Tim and Jason <laughs> and Damien as much as you want to, and in fact, I suggest it. <laughs> I suggest it. I enjoy watching that. <laughs> I really would. I just replay it over and over. Um, but... Dick Grayson is pretty much the one character they they can't kill. Uh, you know, I mean that that would just create uproar. Well, um, the one thing I'll say is that I mean, I'm, I'm glad you said in opinion because when you said you know the whole idea of you know Dick Grayson being think uh, you know the Robin that everybody recognizes, our generation re- recognizes it. A lot of the because remember I, I, I work at a school, um, the kids that I speak to, they talk about Tim Drake and they're like that's the first Robin. I'm like. No, oh, that's really <laughs> you're well, wrong, misguided young one. Well, you figure, I mean, um, Nightwing has been around for over thirty years, so it does make sense. But I mean, just it's just kind of weird. I guess I don't read Nightwing as much as I love Dick Grayson as Robin. I don't read Nightwing, right? So I guess he really doesn't reference himself as being Robin very often, unless it's necessary. And 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 just but Commissioner Gordon's very well aware of that, which I always love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's mentioned. It, I think didn't he mention the death of the family? Like you know, weren't you the first Robin? Something I think he like said that. something yeah, like yeah. that, and it's like, yeah, he knows. And I'm like, so you are very well aware that these aren't the same Robins. Yeah. Well, you know? I mean, it would be, he'd have to be, I mean, they don't all look exactly the same. No. He'd have to be able to tell. But, but, and he's got the little domino mask. Right. He's not really hiding a whole lot. <laughs> no, and it's like, Come on. you see them getting bigger, and, and then all of a sudden you're super short. It's Some like, little guy shows up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm rubbing it. I just, you know, something happened. Especially when Damien showed up, because he's supposed to be like, 
ten or yeah. two. Yeah, he was. Supposed to be like ten and a half when he shows up oh, yeah, in this yeah. universe. Um, the funny part, though, have to be, you know, that the Commissioner Gordon has to just be like, ah, oh, so so you found another child to, to dress up again. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very nice. Anyhow, <laughs> Two Face is attacking. He's <laughs> like, uh, um, yes, um, as for you, detectives, you want to come here? Real quick? <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be pretty. He, he solves crime. Whatever he wants to do, a little boy. That's on him. <laughs> Whatever. He, he seems to find them like a pie piper. They hey, seem happy. I'm gonna use this opportunity that we're talking about um, Batman to segue into the third panel. You were gone for this one. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Ralph left early. Yeah, what did you leave at like noon or something like that? <laughs> no, I left like at he sleeps till noon and he and he leaves at noon. <laughs> yeah, well, you're lucky I made it the second day because I was on my motorcycle, so I was able to get there on time. He was, yeah. he was driving in like time Nightwing. Is. I think he even had your Nightwing shirt on, right? Or did you have the Green no? Lantern? I, I went. Yeah, the Green Lantern. Green Lantern the the next Nightwing day. I wore on Friday. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. But the third the third third panel was later on in the day. Mike and I decided to stick around and listen to what Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo had to say about the Batman titles as well as the other Bat creators that were up there. Well, I didn't miss much because according to you two, it was like uh, another nap time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that was my nap time. I ain't got a fucking front. <laughs> I unfortunately um, can manage to stay awake through things and regretted it every minute that I was awake through that panel. <laughs> he wished he was sleeping. <laughs> All I remember them was, was um, I remember um, Scott Snyder introducing. Spoiler alert. Oh, this oh. whole thing's a spoiler alert. All, all five of our listeners know that <laughs> when we talk about something, it's spoiler alert oh, all up way, and down. We say spoiler alert because he kept spoiling things, but he doesn't really spoil anything worth knowing. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't have to go and buy the issue now, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, Scott Snyder just, I mean, he, he talked a long time. I mean, I remember, because usually there was like six or seven panelists. There was Scott Snyder, Greg Capolo, and like four or five other writers. And I felt like Scott Snyder took a long time to break down. Right. Well, he's the golden boy now. I mean, he is the reason why people are reading the Batman title, the Batman proper. And probably because of that, maybe even some of the others as well, just because the Batman's written so well. So I think he's their golden boy right now. But still, he did talk an awful long time. And the worst part is that he actually cut people off to talk about more things that he wanted to talk about, whether it was his own book or yeah, just his opinion. He, I think the guy, the guy from Detective Comics was speaking and he injured, or was the guy doing talent? That's what it was. So he, he was suffering from Kevin Smith syndrome. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he was Kevin Smith in it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I, I don't remember <laughs> listening to part of it because if, if we're going to be in a panel and people are talking and you're sitting way in the back, a couple of things have to be working out. Number one, the AC has to be working. Number two, the mics have to be loud enough. Number three, if you have screens up, either show me the panelists or keep or keep showing me um, like different images that will keep me interested while the people are talking. Because if somebody's boring, I'm out. It yeah. was like it was like going to college all over again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, sorry. It was like going to college all over again, going to art history class. Once the lights were out, I was fighting, and I was like, No, 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 I'm not gonna fall asleep. Then Mike looks at me at one point. <laughs> and he just rocked out. They turned off yeah. the lights in your art history class too. Oh man, <laughs> that, that was some of the best napping I ever had. <laughs> They turned off the lights in my heart history once, but three people were stabbed, so they started keeping them on. <laughs> was that in Philadelphia? Of course. <laughs> so, all, all I remember of all I remember of that podcast was that. Um, excuse me. All I remember that podcast was on that podcast. That panel was that Scott Snyder talked a lot. Greg Capullo didn't seem as much of a hater as he does on Fat Man on Batman because he because he because yeah you, you hear how him and Scott Snyder have like this brother like relationship, but it's like he's always like throwing jabs at Scott. Here he was like, hey, hey, I'm the wacky artist, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, what the hell's going on? And I remember just by the end of it, I was tired. Yeah, it was – It well, it just – Scott just kept talking about his um, 
the Batman books, which was fine. He's, you know, talking about zero year because that's redefining Batman because, uh, again, the listeners out there, if you're not aware, because of the New 52s relaunching the entire universe and whatnot, uh, Batman Year One, the beloved book, is no longer in continuity. I mean, just, you know, right. and for anyone going, what? <laughs> it just really makes sense. If you remember in Batman Year One, um, also known as the second part of the uh, um, Jim Gordon story, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Jim, Jim Gordon had just gotten to town, basically, and uh, his wife was just she was pregnant with his son yeah and that was their first child now in the current universe actually barbara gordon is the oldest child by maybe a couple of years but just think about this if batman's just becoming batman and jim gordon is only about to give birth to his first son i mean or to his son um, barbara hasn't even been born yet so then you're talking that by time um, barbara gordon becomes batgirl in that universe uh at least what sixteen to eighteen years have to go by, right? Yeah. You know, so obviously, if Batman's only been Batman for six years in the New Fifty Two, and Batgirl already exists, do the math; it doesn't work. I guess it's one of the reasons why people say, "Oh yeah, well, you should start a universe over." And it's like, no, there's a lot of things, to, a lot of thinking. Obviously, DC didn't do enough thinking no. about about starting over a new universe. Well, it's Batman. I mean, if you read enough of the Batman titles and then go back to when they did those number zero issues. And that was a year ago they did the number zero issues. They screwed up in less than a year their own universe timeline. You see, what happens is because superheroes are like above time or whatever, everyone else just gets older and they just stay the same. Well, that's usually what happens. But this time they didn't even do that. It wasn't even about that. I mean, a perfect example. I mean, just just um, delving off just from the timeline for a moment. Damian Wayne is ten and a half when he joins up with his father. Yes. Now, again. How long did I just say that Batman's been Batman? Six, Six years. years. Yeah. Talia, when the baby is three years old, is in the Batman Zero, he's playing in Batman's costume. So yeah. Batman hasn't become Batman yet. And in fact, why would Talia been looking after Bruce Wayne? She wouldn't have been. And neither would his, her father. He would have been looking after the detective, yeah. which means 10 and a half years ago, minimum, he had to be Batman. So, you know, so, and that's just in less than one year of their own storytelling. It doesn't make any sense. Well, when you do the, the, the math the way DC does it, it seems to work. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's math. <laughs> that's just, it's just making it up. As it goes along. That, that's not math. Yeah. Once again, my favorite phrase, two plus two equals pancakes. <laughs> that's the way they're going about shit. Yeah. Fuck it. We're DC. We're going to make it work. That's yeah. some good math to me. Yeah. Go for some <laughs> I'm all about right pancakes too, but I mean, come on. You know, they, they, they keep fucking it up and they keep, and once again, I, and we were talking about this before we went on, before we went on the air, talking about the bait and switch, talking about, you know, we're, we, we know you like this product, so we're going to give you this that is closely related, but it's not not quite what you think what dc did here was they said if you like all these characters we're going to start it from the beginning so everybody can read and not realizing that they messed up all these ties and these continuities and and these things that made batman special the fact that he, there were four robins he's got to be batman in quite some time in order for all four robins to have existed yeah and not to try to cram it in and say well yeah it still existed but within within a six-year span how the fuck does that happen right. well also i mean because it begs the question do the robins leave him or does he just go you're too you're not. You're too old, and you're not pretty anymore. I want another young boy. <laughs> Menudo. <laughs> Robin's a Menudo. Because I mean, it, it begs the question: Why are they leaving, or why is he getting rid of them? I mean, there's, there's well, the only had, way it works. Had, in the old, in the old continuity, I mean, Dick Grayson was fired. Well, Dick actually also left because he said that Batman was basically kind of not going crazy. I don't well, want to use that word, but he was anger. St- there was an actual story, and I have it. Oh yeah. Where what happens is that they're on a rooftop and they're fighting the Joker. And he gets the Joker actually. Sh- uh, Robin tries to get a dr- drop on the Joker, turns around, and shoots him. 
Oh, wow. And like he hangs off the side of a, of the building while Batman fights him. Eventually, you know, the Joker gets away and he gets, you know, he saves Robin and he ends up in the <laughs> hospital. And the Batman, Batman's kind of freaked out by that, basically. And they end up having an argument in the hospital and he reconsiders and he basically, they have an argument and then he fires him. Oh, wow. And he he stops being, you know, at that point, I, I never knew this, ex- I, you know, I had heard, I think in Teen Titans they allude to it. But right. then I went looking for it. Okay. And found yeah, it. In Teen so Titans, he always seems to give the explanation that they had a they, falling out. That they had a falling out, well, but I guess that's what it was. That yeah. was the falling out. Okay. Had, and in, you know, it's conceivable, again, that that's what happens. He has falling out because he has a shitty attitude. Come on, let's face it. He's, yeah, but, well, be, but, but, but see, by this point, though, you're talking about shitty attitude. And, within six years, he has right, shitty but, attitude. But less than that, I mean, because again, that's four Robins in six years. And again, you're talking about maybe in five years, that's four Robins. So. I mean, granted, he's not as young this time when he becomes Robin, well, the, at least the, from the pictures, but the, he still The six isn't, years is ridiculous. Right, yeah, exactly. It's I mean, just it's still, ridiculous. It's, I mean, you it's, could, it's you could explain getting rid of the four, because Dick Grayson gets fired, uh, the other, uh, Jason Todd gets killed. Right. That'll terminate right. your right. employment exactly. real quick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Like in the old That'll stories, terminate your role right away. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. In the, in the original run, like you said, you get years of, of Robin and Batman, so therefore, like you said, Robin could do something wrong or whatever, or get tired of the thing. Like you said, Jason Todd dies. Tim Drake gets along and annoys everybody. And <laughs> you know? yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get how Tim Drake is not he, like he just sort of. I didn't even get how Tim Drake stopped being Robin in the old universe. Well, he didn't stop. I think until Damien showed up, right? Right. Yeah. Because like, he didn't become Red Robin until Damien showed yeah, up. But yeah, but he 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 before Damien came up, he was spending more time with the Titans, and he was right. Still but Robin. I think Batman likes that he be, though. Then I mean, he became yeah. like. Red Robin out of just because they wanted to use that old that well uniform. yeah they wanted to make use of it but I think so he became Red Robin I believe when Damien when Damien came on the scene he basically I remember well, him fight said him, I am Robin. yeah he he, fought, he he kicked Tim Drake's ass I mean he, he blindsided him. him he nearly killed him and then he said well I'm I'm Robin now you know Tim Drake had a problem with that and remember that's around the time that Batman was zapped by the Omega Beam well he was not back no this is before that this is before that this is before are you sure yeah, yeah because. Um, because that's during the time that, by that point, um, Dick Grayson takes over being Robin. I mean, Batman, and then Damien becomes uh, is his Robin by that point. So Batman had already been with Robin, Damien, Robin for a little while. Then he gets zapped, and then because the I, I, I don't remember that Damien was 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 working a lot with with Bruce or even at all, from what I remember. But he was there. I mean, well, Bruce was trying to not work with him. I think he wanted him to stay at home and train and learn and be more disciplined. But you know, he he had to be that sassy kid, and you know. Which was annoying, but yeah, but when they first met, I mean, and he met, uh, Tim Drake met Robin, I mean, met Damien shortly after we were introduced to him, and like I said, he literally nearly killed him, because he left him for dead, and that's when Batman comes home and finds him nearly dead. Who's laughing now? (laughs) (laughs) Who's laughing now? Damien's dead. (laughs) Oh, you know Tim Drake dimed him out. (laughs) Tim Drake was uh, adopted by Bruce Wayne, right? He was the only one that was officially adopted, He, um, which is... Weird. I mean, even though it's I think the, they've said things like, or even if they don't say, I guess they allude to, even though he never adopted Dick, Dick knows like he's numero uno, basically. Right. You know, <laughs> you're the first one. <laughs> you're my first Dick. <laughs> uh, you, you never forget your first. Oh, uh, my girlfriend's gonna love that one. <laughs> <laughs> you never forget your first Dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so moving right along after that boring pa- panel three. Before I move on, was there anything about that panel three that you want to like leave, or um, or do you want to say, or say we? Well, like I said, what I mean, you yeah, took well, out of it? for zero year, like I said, it's rewriting everything. Um, and 
I'll leave it to you right now if you want to read it. It's only about maybe four issues into the zero year. It's not right. great. It's not bad. It's just, especially if you read it compared to uh, Batman Year One, it's, it's a little bit disappointing. But um, just to let you know, it's going to be basically told in three parts. So I guess this one just wrapped up with issue number 24. So Batman number 25 is going to start up and I, I don't know how many issues it's going to be, but then that's going to be kind of a middle story. That's going to be, I, I gather he said it's going to be a lot more, I don't know if violence the word or just a lot more... I don't know. I think it's some craziness supposed to be going on, basically. Right. Um, but really, like I said, you didn't get a lot of anything. Just kind of like with the Marvel care, um, Marvel panel, you know, once they started going down the line of like, hey, who's reading this Batman book? The, you know, the, the applause started dying off rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it, 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 it's funny how, how, how much you can tell about the, uh, a comic book's popularity when they go into these panels. And these people go on purposely to these panels. They're dressed like the characters. Come on. Yeah, okay. They, uh, yeah, absolutely. They're dressed like these characters because they know what the, what the panel's going to be about. And when they ask a question like, who's reading this book? And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great, great. I'll turn you like the book, right? It's really exciting, huh? <laughs> it's exciting for you. <laughs> so after that panel, Mike and I were, oh, I was done. Mike was like, what's wrong, old man? I was tired. <laughs> oh, so, man. And also because I knew I had a, a whole day of Comic-Con the next day. So we got up, we met up. My girlfriend showed up, Troy came along, and we all met up, and we w- went to um, the only panel of the day, or the only panel we could get into. Yeah, right, we're so angry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so... I told you what we needed to do. <laughs> oh, hell Nobody listened. I mean, yeah, we, but that, but that means before the... panels in. They were talking about people there from the first panel yeah, all the way through. I was yeah, like, 11, 11, yeah, that's what. There was right. no I, way in the hell I would have done did that. Troy, what did you say that we needed to do? We went, we, well, we wanted to go to Walking Dead, which was the last panel. Right. But the panel before that was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So you, the, you would want to go to the panel before that to go see Walking Dead. But, you know, the people who were in... Ages of Shield were probably there from before that panel. Right. Well, we so did, you had to be well, in the remember, panel we before. We did show up early. We didn't show up for the Walking Dead. We showed up an hour beforehand. Yeah, for we showed up at panel. Agents of Shield. We right. needed to go before that. Right. He's saying be there before Agents of Shield, yeah. but from what the guy was saying, people were there from the first panel of yeah. the day. Oh. Yeah. Because yeah. because yeah. I guess because if you because Troy with the, Troy and I were there last year for <laughs> for Walking Dead and Walking Dead, you could say in in the waiting area for that particular um, auditorium, it's maybe like. I don't know, 16 lines, and each line held about 100 and something people. I would say about 14 of those lines were filled. So you had a bunch of people who weren't even in the um, in the auditorium waiting and, for The Walking Dead. And, and the auditorium was popular full. was before that, if you remember. It was like Evil, uh, Evil, Dead. Evil Dead. It was Evil Dead, yeah. Oh, wow. And I'm pretty sure the auditorium was full too, right? It, oh, of course, yeah, the auditorium was full. These people waiting on the line were the people who didn't get in. These weren't the people that waiting for the waiting for Walking Dead. These were people who didn't get in. So I guess people last year, you know, were like, you know, people who, who got shot out last year, like, oh, I'm going to sit all the way through. I'm, I couldn't do yeah. that. And, and because we know that we have such great reach, you know, with our, our, our podcast, <laughs> I, I like to put, say out to all the people at Read Pop that, uh, that host the New York Comic Con, you need to rethink the way you do your panels. I mean, I don't know if it's, I mean, still leave it first, come first, serve if you want, uh, maybe tie it in with an online thing. But if nothing else, you pick up a stub, first come, first serve. And you must leave the panel, and but, the next people can come in. And, yeah. and and I was talking about that with somebody um, at the other job. I was talking about how I didn't like the system, and somebody mentioned, "Well, that's why they have the VIP reserve. That's a thing you can buy on your um, oh, really? yeah." The, um, how much? If it's it's like for 120 for the day, yeah. and it's VIP. Whatever panel you get to walk into, no problem. You're reserved. You're VIP. 
they can take that 120 and they can yeah, kiss my ass 120 that. times. It's not that serious. I got YouTube. I can watch it the next week. Seriously. <laughs> so, they don't reveal anything at these things. No. They don't. So it's just, you know. Well, just sneak previews right, and right. stuff, yeah. And, and just to see the people live. I mean, that's really what you want to see. Well, the, it, you, know. you, you know, VIPs actually, they also have uh, a VIP room where you can go and they have like snacks and like, you can get and sit down in comfortable chairs and stuff. Unless they're giving out blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you probably could get one of those too. If no, no, because not everybody, and everybody's um, worthy of giving Cap a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> just find uh, one of those... Uh, hot cosplay girls and be like hey <laughs> speaking of hot cosplay girls i was waiting for ralph to take more pictures with them you know, i didn't see as many as you told me they were gonna be <laughs> there was still enough that you were still cracking your neck but your feet were still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was like come on stone statue get moving they, no they were far away i'm going up an escalator i'm gonna run down the escalator because i see a girl when you want something you go get it <laughs> you had your nightwing shirt on doesn't that mean that you can like do like the the parkour stuff <laughs> just because i wear a superman shirt doesn't mean i can fly Hey, I can't. <laughs> you can't? <laughs> I can't. I, I can't. I could wear a shirt that says, hey, I'm the president. doesn't mean I'm going to go you know, shoot some nukes somewhere, you know? <laughs> just wear that shirt and then go up and like just kiss shoot Michelle and see what happens. <laughs> Secret Service going to tackle me. That's what's going to happen. Well, wait, br- wait. He says it's the president. <laughs> <laughs> well, bringing it back, um, the last, the, 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 the only panel we got to see on day, day whatever we get, we went day, day two for us, day three for the, for the Comic-Con was the- We mo- call it Saturday, people. <laughs> the Marvel video game panel, and that was okay. It was all right. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the Marvel's Lego. Uh, game. That was the uh, only one yes. that that really made me oh, kind of like, oh wow, I can't wait. And the the Jump Smash Go or whatever. What was, what was it called? You you like that? Yeah. I like Endless Runners. What can I say? I mean, it looked like it could be fun. Like if I was waiting for a train. Yeah, like you know what I mean, like that. That you know, you 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 whip out the iPod or you know, I have the iPod Touch or whatever. You whip that out and you play a game for two and a half minutes. It probably wouldn't bother me. I'm not an endless runner kind of guy. That's not my. I, I love right. endless runners because it's like it speeds up, so it actually tests your reaction. Right. You know. Well, I do play. Um. Yeah. What's the What's the big one? Uh, uh, t- Temple Run. Temple Run. Yeah, yeah. I'm good at that. I, I did the, the 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 Sonic one that they had. Oh, Sonic Dash. Yeah. That one. I had. I'm like the master. Now. But but it's, but it doesn't move faster. It doesn't get that much harder. It does move faster. Well, and what what happens is that you get more obstacles in your way. So you got to either right. swipe down or swipe up. Or, you know. I wish Kevin was here. He would have been like, yeah, you know, the Sonic is bullshit. <laughs> endless runners. Why well, wouldn't a Batman? Why does Batman not have an endless runner? Shout out to Kevin. <laughs> that message about Sonic was brought to us by Ben Grimm. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, they, they gave this Marvel panel about all the video games, and it was like. But they let it off with um, the, the, the new The new Marvel, Marvel Alliance, Alliance game. Before everyone gets excited, because we all remember how much we loved the first one, and then they brought out the second one and reminded us how much we loved the first one. <laughs> this third one looks like it's going to remind us of how much we loved the first one. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Now, that one, unlike with the Justice League War movie, I really can't give much of an opinion because they showed us very little, but it didn't look any more different. But what was funny is that they kept saying, we have tons of new characters we're going to show. And then they showed, like, Luke Cage, Power Man. I'm like, well, he was in the last one. Yeah. Then they showed, like, Ghost Rider. He was also in that one. <laughs> you know, I'm like, the only, the only new one that was significantly new, but we didn't care. I mean, I like her, but Squirrel Girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like that. I don't get excited over Squirrel Girl. She can do squirrel attacks. Come on. I, I mean, I, I really wasn't excited. Even though, oddly enough, in the Lego um, previews, I did get excited when I saw Aunt May. And, yeah, oh, you, and yeah, I, wasn't you, Mike cheer. leading the champ. I led the cheer for that one. <laughs> I love Aunt May. Come on. That woman she is can through it all. She can beat you down with her pocketbook. Don't mess with that old lady. <laughs> but, I mean, but all the other games that they introduced, and, and it's funny because Mike said it best when we were talking, and he said, you know what? With DC, 
doing Injustice and doing the Batman games, how does Marvel not come up with a new format of games to introduce the character besides the um, Marvel superheroes? That's freaking 20, not 20 years old, but it's like 10 years old, 15 years old from when it first came out. And yeah, it's a great format, but they need to introduce <laughs> something else. You know, introduce something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it was really funny. I had mentioned the cap. I don't know if I had mentioned to you, Ralph, but I said that, uh, remember our, one of our last podcasts that we had when Kevin was here and, and I was saying, oh, you know, who could they introduce in the Batman Arkham style? And I said I hadn't thought of anyone particularly and stuff like that. During um, the the Marvel uh, game panel where they were boring us, <laughs> at sometimes um, I was thinking Spider Man would actually do good in like a, a Batman Arkham type. Again, do it nice and gritty because really he has some really demented villains. Well, the and he could also sneak around the shadows, you know, whatever. The you know. the whole um, combat system with the you know counter counteracting. Yeah. The, the, that would be a spider sense. Yeah, no, but he actually there's a game that does. I forgot which oh. one it was. I think it's the first one. They actually have that. Oh yeah, the first one was very similar. I do remember the Spider-Man that was based off of the the 2000 movie. Mm-hmm. It was similar, but I'm just talking about upping it. I'm talking about giving us obviously not repeating it, making it boring, but giving us the same dark, dreadful feeling. I, I mean, he would to think when you can take your main flagship character and they really could do that with him. And I think it would be a great. I mean, imagine going through the, the sewers and stuff like that with him or. The, you know, obviously the same creepy buildings, whatever, but just his villains and just edge them out even more. Yeah. You know, make Doc Connors, I mean, who in the comics, he's about as edgy as it gets in the comics. He's eaten his own son. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you already know what kind of villain you're dealing with by that point. You know? Nothing seems gritty like eating your own son. <laughs> That's the other white meat. <laughs> Kid, the other white meat? That's fucked up. <laughs> Um, I was I, I I strongly agree with you, Mike. I think that that's a great idea. I well, I think one of the things about the, um, what Marvel hasn't done is exactly what you said: make it darker. Because think about DC's two big games; they're both darker games. You have the Batman, the Batman now the trilogy now with Origins coming out, and then you have Infamous, these other world superheroes, you know, fighting in a Mortal Kombat style. Injustice. In yeah, but what I'm saying is, you know, the second game, Injustice, is just such a it's a dark premise yeah marvel hasn't gone dark right. yeah you, well, have, you had infamous on your mind again yeah <laughs> i have never played the game but evidently it's really good <laughs> it's, it is really good but you know they shouldn't make these games too dark because then you will have cap in the corner so gonna stop this wow <laughs> oh i'm sorry you like everything so you probably that, that was a great character six claws hey <laughs> what i'm sh- saying I, I wouldn't be scared to go to the you know the the blackout haunted house downtown you know? wow. wow i fuck with the blackout haunted house. <laughs> they're allowed to touch me and grab me and let the fuck out of here <laughs> hell no i am not afraid to own that Oh, please. It's no different than going to church. Oh, did I say that? Wow. <laughs> I don't know what churches you went to in Philly. <laughs> All right. So that's basically the panels that, that, that we kind of, you know, um, saw for the past two days at the Comic-Con. And actually, the second day, we actually went down Artist Row. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was cool. That we was met uh, Mike's friend. He was there. Uh, Matt Triano. Excellent artist. Excellent, excellent. Read uh, Sherlock Holmes and the Demon of Liverpool. It's by, ooh, who is that by? It's by Dynamite Comics. He's already done all six issues of that one. And he did the Lone Ranger annual, right? He did the Lone Ranger annual, which I have to pick up and get that. And he's a cool guy in general for all those that are listening. <laughs> it, it was definitely a good – it's it's great to talk with the people who create the stuff and just 
hear you know hear what they got to say especially because you only know them by their pencils you only know them by their expression of artwork right. you don't know them by who they are as people and some of them are cool and some of them are kind of douchey you know but it's kind of fun to just to kind of see how each of them are different yeah well we didn't have any bad experiences did we no no, no. i don't think so i mean well, i'm trying to think we didn't stay too long at umberto ramos to stay so you didn't have a little <laughs> hey, it's funny because um i i was there's a part of me that was like who might kill first Umberto Ramos or Greg Capolo? <laughs> uh, and Greg Umberto wasn't Ramos. there. <laughs> Capolo kept trying to shut up Scott Snyder, so he actually, you know, he, he earned some points in my book there during, <laughs> during that panel. But Umberto Ramos, it was funny because he's sitting down and we looked at each other, I think, and you just heard, heard that Western dad. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's also assuming that he looked tough in that interaction. <laughs> That was the showdown in Mike's mind. Well, well you remember? I looked great. <laughs> Another cool thing that we saw at Comic Con was Mike's body double. Who? The, oh! The Superman guy with the, the padded uh, costume. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was funny. We were sitting, and I'm like, I, I go to Cap. I was like, Cap, Cap, look, look. It's Mike's body double. He was at the, the comic book band. And, and he's walking out. We meet up with Mike. And we're like, Mike, 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 look. look it's a body double. You know what's funny? He's saying the body double. I thought you were talking about the girl who had Mike's shirt. Oh, <laughs> because Mike, Mike, Mike prides himself in getting these shirts that are, you know, comic book based. And they're not, you know, not a lot of people have them. And from what I know, a lot of the shirts that I see him wearing are not shirts that people have. And yeah, he has right. his, he has his one Batman shirt that's kind of like a reddish slash it's pink. Like a, it's a hot pink shirt that's kind of faded over time. Yeah, and it, it, it's, a, it's a great <laughs> Batman shirt. But every time I see it, I'm like, damn, you know, I wish I would have bought that. It looks like a cool shirt. So then, of course, I'm um, my kid went to the restroom and, and Ralph and I are waiting for him. And I see somebody with the with the shirt, and I'm like, "Hey, Mike!" And it's a tall, fat, blonde woman. <laughs> Easily mistaken for me, evidently. <laughs> but um, I wish I had seen that man. That would have been a fight right there. <laughs> Take off that shirt, bitch! Mike, shut up. <laughs> Who do you think you are? I'm Mrs. Ramos. Oh, you're Umberto's. Oh, on now. <laughs> nah, she was a white blonde woman. She would have probably groveled at your feet. <laughs> oh my God, some black dick. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> What do I do, guys? What do I do? If I can, if I can make a fun of special people, I can do that joke, too. <laughs> We're standing, what do I do? What do I do? And now we apologize to the blonde Caucasian race. <laughs> Serve the D. <laughs> Serve the D. Nice. nice. Now, let me see. Um, the, the one artist I got to speak to was Frank Cho, and I actually yeah. enjoyed that one. Yeah, because you, you seem like a little kid. You're just like, oh. My God, Frank Cho, just want to say your work is amazing. Keep up the good work. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I've I've been watching his work. He did Gen 13 for a while. He's done, I mean, obviously he's on um, Savage um, Savage Wolverine now. He did some Spider-Man stuff. He did the, when Kevin when Kevin Smith wrote for Spider-Man and he did the Spider-Man Black Cat thing. Frank Cho did that. Frank Cho does a lot of covers. I yeah, love his stuff. He did the, um, the Ms. Marvel covers for her book, uh, yep. her first book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were really good. He really draws. I mean, he draws well, but he draws women really well. Yeah, well, especially women for the superhero world because he does them. They're they're muscular and thick, uh, believably thick, but not. They're um, not butchy. Right, they're not butch looking masculine at the same time. He does a really good job. What's your name? Ms. Marvel. They don't look look like female bodybuilders. No, exactly. You know, they don't have any like hair on the chin or something like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Your name is Ms. Marvel. Yes. What do you eat, pussy? It was, you know, they look feminine. They look strong. Um, they look believable. Right. To an extent. Well, to an extent. To an extent. I, I've had a couple of people like, why they all got big hips? Not all girls got big hips. And it was coming from a skinny girl. I was like, shut up. <laughs> You're ruining the illusion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I got a chance to speak to him, and that was cool. And it, was just, it was just an all-around 
fun time, even though Mike was like, you guys are tired? You guys are going home now? Oh, my God, man. I went. Th- it's like going to the, com- I mean, the Comic-Con with your grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my feet hurt. Oh, I want to sit down. My feet were killing me, man. Oh. And my eyes were on my fire. My feet were like, killing him. <laughs> there's, so. there's something with, about the lights in the convention center, the way that the fluorescent lights work. It really affects my eyes. Like, yeah. yeah, I saw you messing like with your head for a while. I thought yeah. you were having like you know a brainiac thing going. On. <laughs> I was, it was my my telepathy. So many minds, you know, in the same place. It was just assaulting me. It was like, oh my god, yay! Yeah, I'm here. If, if you were reading the minds there, all you would have heard was zip and pow. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it sounds like you know pretty much we all had a good time. Is there what, what was you say? I loved all the merch that was there. Like, there's actually a, a few. Um, t-shirt vendors and I, I wrote down their websites because I'm like oh my like, favorite merchandise place was when um, the, the one with the battering that Troy decided to take a picture of oh yeah <laughs> oh, I had sir that. delete that picture right now sir sir no. where are you going sir <laughs> what happened no there <laughs> <laughs> was a battering Troy, Troy could you retell the story please I, I took a picture there was a guy who had a case and he had some like knives and Bat- and there was a battering in there. Okay. So I took a picture of the battering and the knives, and he got bent out of shape. And he was like, could you d- d- delete that picture? And I just looked directly in his face and said, no. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's not artwork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, what, he, what, did, what was he bent out of shape? And he looked at me like he was really upset. I was like, you better stay behind this that little counter. <laughs> you you know what he's saying to himself? He's like, you do understand, sir. There are two batarangs and only one's in the case. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I was laughing. I was like, I turned my back for a second. I, mean, I will fuck you. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it was close to being Troy seldomly has those moments, but when he did it, that, it was classic. It was awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> it funny because also like the guy right across from him was selling the same stuff, and people were taking his pictures of his stuff. Like, you see him going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he stole it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I can't be caught. But weird thing though is like. You can't bring weapons into the convention center, but they sell them there. No, but what's funny is read the comic book guide, the 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 the, the um the, the Javits guide. It said that you're not supposed to bring weapons in, and they're not supposed to sell things that can harm people. So I found it kind of interesting that these things were not like you know banned or whatever, because it says in the right. New York in, in the in the comic book in the Comic Con guide, it says you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't sell anything that, oh, that could be a weapon. Maybe like, they, they were selling katanas and freaking yeah, machetes right? and. They did not look dull to me. I mean, like, well, yeah. they I were pretty know. sharp. I don't know. Maybe they just kind of thought that, uh, you know, injuring anyone at the Comic-Con, they were mostly characters, so they didn't count as people or something. You know? <laughs> One less nerd is okay. <laughs> I just, I just so killed many of somebody that's just like My Little Pony. And did you notice how many guys are just like My yeah, Little Pony? Yeah, what's up with that? There, Bro, even though I hear the show, I hear the show is funny, but, I mean, a, the show, a, a, a male contingent? The, the comic book bronies. has been selling like crazy. The bronies. Yeah, they're calling them bronies. I don't... Uh, I, I didn't even notice. I can't. I well, in, in one of the in one of the, the the panels we went to, there was a guy dressed as My Little Pony. Yeah, yeah when they were doing the warm up for yeah. it. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I can't that, go that boy. I saw several people. The guy know. that was doing the like working the crowd, he was kind of funny. Oh, that was the crowd for Justice League War, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the best part of Justice League and, War. And he kept saying, <laughs> what was it? Um, he kept saying that it was going to be. Uh, the, the show right after that. Yeah, what was it that he kept Oh, he kept saying it was going to be. Oh, I, I forgot what what it was, but he got he got he kept sa- introducing um, the, the show incorrectly. It was a show after that. So we were sitting there for Justice League War, and he's like, "Oh, you're ready for Venture Brothers?" Yeah, that's and, what it and was. people are like, "No." He's like, "Yeah, good. We're gonna bring our Venture Brothers now." And he leaves, and he comes back. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." Well, he, had, well, he had started off saying that he, like, everybody here, ready for Venture Brothers, and we all said no. 
And then he laughed, and we, you know, I just assumed he's joking because we know what we're here for. Yeah. But obviously, he really thought it was the Venture Brothers. Mike, why did you say something to him? He's one of your people, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> one of my people? <laughs> Holy. Was he tall? <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of tall, wasn't he? <laughs> Everybody's tall to me. <laughs> not to say. Well, he wasn't as tall as Orko, oddly enough. What the fuck? What is up with everybody wanting to dress up as Orko? He was the tallest Orko I'd ever seen. Yeah. He was as tall of an Orko as that woman that was as tall of a Harlequin. <laughs> yeah, that was a six foot five Harlequin. Yeah. I wanted to funny. take a picture with her, but I was afraid that she'd turn around and my head would get stuck in her ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tall ass um, Harlequin. I was like, no. How, how tall the Joker is then? <laughs> Ten feet tall. And <laughs> so, favorite costume you saw at Comic Con? Um, even though my head is still wrapped around that lesbian Magneto, just because she was fun. Yeah. Because Mike went to go take a picture because the outfit was cool. Well, she was next to a juggernaut, too. That was really funny. The way he did the costume was good. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, you know. He looked uh, like a popsicle. Yeah. <laughs> but she was, but Mike said, hey, excuse me, can I take a picture of you? And she totally went for the whole Magneto, the hand, you know, summoning the, the, the powers of magnetism and the head cocked back, you know, you know, it was just, it was really cool. I, I liked her attitude. Which, which Magneto are you talking about? The lesbian Magneto that was, that was. Are you talking one? about the skinny one? No, the no. chunky one. Right. That's what I'm, okay. That's what I thought you were talking the about. The chunky one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that was my. That's what I'm saying. Thing. When she when she cocked her head back and she did put the hand oh, out, yeah, yeah. it was cool because she was totally in character. Yeah, and I loved that. And she was dressed as old school Magneto too, with like yeah. the, the the half uh, purple, yeah, with the purple with the half Pinky. like ping pong balls around the neck of purple. Yeah, and man. she was as round as the sun is round. <laughs> <laughs> if she was into it, I loved her. She was great. Obviously, Magneto didn't believe in cardio. <laughs> <laughs> he must have found some magnetic pasta and just kept shoveling it in. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that was probably one of my favorites. If I remember another one, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, but that's one of my favorites. What, what about you guys? Uh, the Magneto one really was my favorite out of all the pictures I took. Um, like I said, I, I got some really good ones, but the... Not Doctor Strange? He looked really good. Him and his flip phone. God damn, put the flip phone away. He just looked annoyed, though. Like he, yeah. I mean, yeah, he did. For a guy dressed basically in satin pajamas with a big cardboard thing around his head replicating the top of the, of the robe, and then this big-ass robe, you would think that someone dressed like that would be a little bit more friendly, considering it's not like... He, he acted like... This is my home. This is the way I dress. Why are you taking a picture of me? Like, that's that was his attitude. And I'm thinking, you're dressed like Doctor Strange. Unless you often look like this. <laughs> you, you're supposed to be looking forward to people taking pictures of you. Oh, oh yeah. That, that reminds me of like, something I was, I was joking around. I was like, next year we go to Comic-Con. We're just going to stop random people who are not wearing costumes and say, can I take a picture? <laughs> this is great. You see what happens? What you're doing is great. I love this. <laughs> there was a good Marvel girl, though. Yeah, I think Troy, you spotted yeah, her first. She yeah, she had, the, she had the she had the green right Marvel there. girl um, mini dress with the the yellow mask. She looked really good. She was she was my favorite. She was, she oh, was, she was sandwiched between those two fat rogues. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite costume was that Maltese uh, uh, Maltese. Oh, the oh, Maltese Maltese. Maltese. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that she needed funny. to eat a little bit, especially when she turned around. Oh my God, that costume! <laughs> it, that, that wasn't even that wasn't even cracked by that point. That, that was a grand canyon Tr- opening. Try explaining that to your girlfriend. My girlfriend's there, and we're we're all walking away. And she goes, and she's seen Venture Brothers once or twice. She knew the character, but she had totally forgot. She goes, "Who's that again?" I go, "Oh, that's Cocktie." She's like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, "Please, somebody else explain." That. <laughs> it's a character, not a not, not an opinion. <laughs> 
Though the worst one was possibly that storm that was sitting across from us oh in the second panel. Holy man. She looked like, like, you know, like when five like big hurricanes come together and make one gigantic storm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? Let me say this. If you're big, you're small, whatever, Comic Con's meant to express yourself and, and have fun. And, 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 and I'm with that. I just feel like sometimes when you express yourself, you need to take note on what things really, really compliment you. Yeah. I mean, she, I mean, that, it was the first time I think I'd seen black that actually didn't thin. <laughs> it was the most non-thinning black costume I'd ever Which seen. Which one of you guys said that that was Precious Storm? Oh, no, that, <laughs> me. that was probably me. That was, that was probably me. That was probably Mike. Yeah, that was probably me. Because wow. <laughs> there was another one that I was like, oh, look, it's Precious. <laughs> and I don't remember what it was. You know, but uh, yeah, she was, she, was, she was rather large. And again, like I said, hey, you know, everybody loved themselves and that – for that, I do have respect for, like the cap just said, though, there is a time where you can still love yourself, but then go, maybe. I mean, and not just like the really large one. I mean, there were a lot of girls there that I get that it's a superhero, you know, and the superheroes, especially the women, are very scantily dressed. We get that. But, you know, you can still wear the, the, the bikini-like shorts, but maybe you should put tights on because there was a lot of cottage cheese hanging out. There. <laughs> it was like a diet or specials platter going on. <laughs> No, no, no. I was looking at some of the legs. I was like, wow, it's a lot of crow's feet. Oh, that's not crow's feet. Those are fucking spider veins. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, hey, well, whatever. They, they enjoyed themselves. I'm glad they had a great time. So, yeah. Um, yeah so what I was going to say was just to wrap it up, um, one last sentence or word about Comic-Con. Go to the next one, everybody. Go to the next one. And Ralph? Heaven. <laughs> Troy? Buy a two-day pass. There's a lot to see, and you, one day may not be enough. If it's your first time, get the two-day pass. Yeah. Wait, wait, were you trying to see all of Storm, you mean? <laughs> On for that, that note. For that, you need the four-day pass. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not going to say the joke I was going to say. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with Meanwhile 22 after we take a piss break. Can only be hazard, a book at a time. Can only be hazard, a book at a time. Can only be hazard, a book at a time. Can only be hazard, a book at a time. The question that is on everyone's mind: What's on Mike's shelf? All right, welcome back. And um, we wanted to do something a little bit different this time. We're always talking about books and geek stuff, and you know, we're always doing um, the podcast every other week. From Mike's house, we either do it at my house or Mike's house, and we're always looking around. And Mike's got some very interesting things in his house. But we look at his one bookshelf, and it's got like a, a bunch of books that either I own, I've wanted to own, or I've been curious to know about. So I would like to call this segment "What's on Mike's Shelf." So what we're gonna do is we have Ralph the Tech Guy with a handy clicker, or actually a spinning wheel, and the spinning wheel is gonna tell us. Um, which book we're gonna look at today? So, Ralph, we do the honors. Wait, do okay. I have to buy a vowel, or <laughs> I'm not sure how this works. Well, you don't have to read a map, so you're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I wasn't sure. So, uh, do the honors, Ralph. Just want to say, you know, Apple is amazing. There's an app for everything. Wow, <laughs> that's a dig to you. <laughs> Here we go. Wow, it's slow as hell. Uh, I'm beginning to feel like I'm on the prices right. <laughs> there we go. Book number 40. Book Ooh. number 40. Okay. Book and that book 40. will be? That book would be uh, The Tick, The Complete Edlin Collection. Wow. I didn't even think that was a real comic book. <laughs> Tick I'm was kidding. amazing, man. Come on. Everybody loved it. All right, Mike. So, so why'd you buy it? Why, why, why you love it? 
Um, it's just that it's the complete um, Ben Edlin collection of the tick. Now, ben Edlin created the tick, and he drew the tick originally, and they used to be in oversized format. Um, and it's really weird. I mean, I don't even know what, I mean, obviously they're not Superman uh, issue number one or action comic number one level, but it's expensive to try and find the, the original print of those comics because this was back in the 80s when people really were truly producing their own comics or at least, you know, maybe a couple of people got together. So we're not talking about, um, you know, we might consider um, Dynamite and IDW or even Dark Horse as smaller or quote as unquote, like indie, indie, indies, indie, but they're not really indie. I mean, they're now major players. They're just much smaller. Right. But back in the 80s, there were just tons of literal indie people. I mean, I think NEC, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, New England Comic Press is who produced um, Tick. And I believe that that was basically Bed Edmund. <laughs> the NEC, it sounds like a football conference in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So this stuff is great. I mean, it's all black and white work. Um, you know, even the, the covers were in color. But, I mean, if you know the tick from probably the TV show, uh, the that cartoon. That was on Fox, yeah. And the, the cartoon was, was it also Fox? Or, um, yeah. the, the cartoon was Fox, definitely. Oh, okay. and, and the series was Fox. Okay. I think I, who the live one tick? was Patrick Warburton, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. The guy that does the voices for a lot of the superheroes, yeah. he's the, the tick. That's right. Yeah, Pat, it was Patrick Warburton. I think it's the guy that's Brock, Brock Sampson from the Venture Brothers. and Isn't he, Wasn't he from Seinfeld yeah. also? Um, I think he was on there. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know Seinfeld. Well, he's also the does Joe from uh, Family Guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same guy and stuff like that. But uh, so this is uh, yeah. prior to Patrick live action. Warburton. Yeah. This is um, prior to live TV. Prior to the cartoon, there was Tick. They're just wonderful. I mean, it's um, the Tick in itself is about a lot of um, social commentary and political stuff, uh, but it's done in such a way that it's usually slyly noticed. Right. It's just it's some of it's over the top humor, of course, and then a lot of it's also just that kind of like, oh, I get it. Um, whether it's a wordplay or it, it actually has an intelligent humor to it. It's not as uh, as dumbed down as I think people want to think it is very often. And, and for those who don't know the tick, because I know there might be some people who don't know what the tick is. He's this oversized, super strong. He's nigh invulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> he he's a super strong, a super invulnerable character who um, is not that bright. Best of intentions, but not a very bright yeah. guy. Not for your lead character. Yeah, well, there's an original. I think it's actually, is it in this book or is it maybe in another book where um, they actually, uh, it's it's his original drawing of the Tick and you can see where his drawing was still shakier and whatnot. But uh, I think Tick, basically, we come into a mental institution and he's already there in his Tick costume, which is the skin tight costume that you only see his face and he's got these weird little antenna on it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I mean, he actually is super strong. He actually is nigh invulnerable. He's not too bright, but he has this obsession to take down he, evildoers, basically. According to Wikipedia, he's uh, apparently legally insane. <laughs> he's legally insane. Oh, he's Having escaped insane. the mental institution. Yeah, yeah and he's just, a, he's just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I mean, there's a great one in one of the books, and I think they even use it in the cartoon, where one time he, I think he's talking to Arthur, and, and that's the story how he meets Arthur. You know, Arthur, kind of like in the cartoon, he just, Arthur was bored with his life and decided to dress up in a costume and it's supposedly a, a moth, moth, but everyone yeah, right. thinks it's a giant bunny, bunny costume yeah. with, with wings. <laughs> um, but um, like, I think either Arthur asked him for something or he hands Tick something or something like that. And uh, I think he asked Tick for something. And so Tick reaches into his sides and he's reaching into his pockets and he pulls out something and he gives it to Arthur. And he's like, what is this? I have pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like, this had been, I think they'd been together for like a year or something. Like he had no idea he had pockets, you know. 
mean, it's just like little stuff like that. But I mean, you get great characters. You get um Spoon. Spoon, exactly. His Spoon. his Spoon. Love his, that. Yeah, his Batman event, Well. <laughs> Batman Well. But that Batman Well was American made. Yeah, American. I'm trying to think though. I think Batman Well was the TV show, and uh, the comic. I mean, the cartoon was Deflator Mouse. But I forget what it was in the comic book. I, I think he had another name in the comic book. Okay. Because American Made... Well, American Made was supposed to be Wonder Woman, for those who don't know. He, right. did, um, he um, spoofed a lot of characters. He spoofed a lot of characters. And in ways where it was... You know it was spoofed by that you know that particular character. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of like this character. No. It was this character just slightly changed and named differently. But the name is such a reference to the original name. And it was just... It's funny because it's like, oh, it's so obvious. But it's fun to watch. Yeah, it's fun think, to read. I think Deflator Mouse is German for like the field mouse or something like that, or the church mouse or something like that, you know. But um, you know, he uh, he they, in the comic book they had uh, Clark Oppenheimer, which was Clark Kent, and he's the super guy or the super cape guy or something like that, and it's just great because uh, the tick won't leave him alone, and it keeps attempting to blow his secret identity, and so Clark actually despises and tries to kill the tick several different times. If he, it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful time and just the little bits that uh, Ben and Lynn would, would would draw into his book. It's it's just complete fun. Um, I love the four legged man who actually has four legs and his thing is he runs faster than ten fast men. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is because um, this particular book on your shelf is a a very comic book. It's like a, it's not like. Um, a serious comic book is meant to be kind of fun and, you know, yeah. kind of like Megaton Man. Yeah, oh, Megaton Man was great. I own issues yeah, of that. Megaton, Megaton Man. Man was absolutely great. He was another character that anyone that's, and that's probably very few people out there that have actually seen Megaton Man. He's, imagine the old um, comic book type drawings that were drawn wow. for fun, not like old superhero comics. He's this misshapen guy that probably has like a 20-inch waist and yeah. a shoulder width of like six feet. I mean, you know, and, and all muscle in between with these little skinny but muscular legs. Now, I mean, imagine that. That's not normal. That's not the way all the people are drawn. Only he's drawn that way, which means Megaton Man, who's in a costume with a mask, is drawn exactly the same way. And the best part about it is that Megaton Man's secret identity, again, is a reporter, just like Clark Kent's kind of identity. And he thinks that nobody knows who he is. So it, every time something will attack and he's in his reporter disguise, he's at the office and you get the Perry White and the Lois Lane and the Jimmy Olsen type characters, they're just like, oh my God, there's a meteor coming down and we need Megaton Man here right now. And everyone just looks at him. And he's, <laughs> he's in his suit with his hat on and he's looking back at them going, wow, it does look like a job for Megaton Man. I hope he arrives soon. Um, maybe I should just go get coffee for everybody. And they're like, can't you just turn into Megaton Man and save the day? And he's like, I'm not Megaton Man. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's, just, it's just so much fun. And, and the ticket is the same kind of fun, I yeah. assume. Yeah, well, the ticket, like I said, has a lot more um, intellectual humor, perhaps, to it in its own sense. Megaton Man is definitely, you know, it's there for the fun. It's there for the fart joke kind of things. There was the, uh, the Invisible Woman, I think, was in the Megaton Man but she was called the see-through girl, and all she could really do was just make her clothes disappear. <laughs> <laughs> Which would distract the villains, and then they would be attacked, you know. That's the invisible one I like. <laughs> Especially if it was Jessica Alba pre-pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely, um, the Tick, the complete Edlin um, collection is really great. It's 424 pages. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's got a lot of stuff in it. And if anyone's wondering, Ben Edlin is also behind uh, the Supernatural television show. Oh. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. That's yeah. right. So for those people that uh, think they know them, they don't know them. All right. So they, there you have it. Um, a quick trip to Mike's bookshelf. We'll be um, visiting that periodically, seeing what goodies we can find.
Hello, listeners in podcast land. It's Ralph here, the tech, trying to tell you guys you can hit us up at m22lcmr at gmail.com or check out our website at meanwhile22pageslater.com. And hell, why not? Twitter too. At meanwhile22. Uh, we would love to hear from you. It's Mike, Ralph, and uh, the captain. So let's get back to the show. All right, we're back, and we're here to talk a little bit of some comic stuff. I mean, we talk about sci-fi stuff all the time, so now some actual physical comic book stuff, stuff that's recent. And um, we're going to talk about the new X event that's come out, Battle of the Atom. And with a really, really brief synopsis, and it's brief for even his standards, is Mike the Finance Guy. Don't buy it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you said it's not, not an opinion. Um, all right, real fast. Um, it's about the X-Men of the future traveling to our present time to try and force the all-new X-Men, who are the X-Men from the past, to go back to their rightful time because somehow, and for some reason, them being here is about to set disastrous problems into the future. Which is all a lie. So it's, it's another time-bending story. It's Yeah, it's time-bending, nerve-bending. Mind-bending story. Yeah. Convoluted. <laughs> there you go. It's, yeah, well, it's not bent, it's convoluted. Oh, put the bend in bendis. Um, <laughs> so this this came out, and I'll say my initial reaction right off the bat. Um, I actually had hope for it. It looked good. I think the cover was done by um, Arthur Adams, one of my favorite artists. But oh, not around. good. Yeah, I, I love Arthur Adams, but he takes like 15 million years to finish a book, which is why Ultimate X didn't work out so well. Oh. Um, one of many reasons but you know the cover looked good the first two issues we're talking about you know they were possibly thinking about sending the all new X-Men which are the original five back to their normal time and I was like okay this, this seems pr- kind of promising and then you have these future X-Men wanting to you know do do the sending them home and then things just kind of dropped off after that how do you guys feel about it yeah well I mean I definitely the it's a 10 part series they're up to number 8 so far which just came out this past Wednesday and the first two, you're going because you're like, okay, the story's moving along. It looks interesting. Um, also, it helps that uh, the, the second part of the first story was in all new X-Men. So it has um, Bendis doing the writing for it. So he's been writing them normally. And it has Scott and Immelman the, doing the artwork. And, and not being Bendisy. Yeah, exactly. Not being Bendisy. Um, Stuart <laughs> Immelman doing the artwork, which is just heaven for me. Yes. So that was great. And then, like I said, the first book was pretty good. And then it just seems to be stagnating. And not moving. I mean, it's just, yeah. I think up to issue eight, and I think it's all the same afternoon or something like that. Yeah. And it, it kind of seems like you're reading a story about uh, a mother who takes her kid to the mall, and the kid doesn't want to leave. And the mom's like, we're going home. And the kid's like, but I don't want to. <laughs> Come on, we're going home. I don't want to go home. <laughs> well, it, it reminds, it's funny. You talk about it being, you compare it to um, a mother and a, and a whining kid now leaving the mall. I want to compare it to the longest Dragon Ball Z episode I've ever been into. <laughs> oh, no, it that seems was like Man of Steel without the <laughs> oh, fighting. Oh, wow. That, that was Man of Steel. We know that. <laughs> no, I just feel like um, for the past, since issue, middle of issue two on of Battle of the Atom, they're talking about the same stuff. Oh, so what about these future X-Men? Are they really the future X-Men? Where are we going? And then the next issue, what does he think about them leaving? What does he think about he thinking about him them leaving? Why are we having left yet? And, and, and then they'll have like plot point like, we found a way to bring them back, and then they then they cut you off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the uh, future that uh, the, the, I mean, again, this is spoilers, like we always tell you. Um, one of the future X Men, or what one of the believed 
to be future X-Men is a character that looks like Zorn, but it's a woman, and it turns out that that's Jean Grey yep. as an adult. <gasps> Gasp. Okay, now, so she meets her younger self, who's from the all-new X-Men, and, you know, uh, she, you know, she keeps crying about how powerful she evidently was when she was young, which we never saw. But anyhow, um, what's just really annoying there is that they have this, uh, they set up at the end of, what was it, the fourth or fifth book or something like that, where uh, Emma Frost and the Cuckoos are just like, okay, you know, we're going to have a fight with, you know, Jean Grey, yep. White, Queen, White Queen versus the Black Queen. And you're just sitting there, before the book even came out, I'm going, okay, well, she kicked your ass the last time you met. Um, I don't see where this is going to be a fight. So you have your option. Either it's not going to be a fight, which we know it isn't, or it's going to be a fight, which means you're lying to us because there shouldn't be a fight. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just one of, and then, of course, we get the fight. It's boring. I mean, it's... It's, they, it's, it's like a lion fighting a turtle. Yeah. So, you know, we just see, you know, the, the Zorn Jean Grey standing still and the Emma and the Cuckoos and the young Jean Grey standing still. And I'm like, when you have a battle of people just standing around looking at each other, and the people there are commenting on that, it's about that interesting. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, I want to see swirling image, you know, lines and colors. I, I want to see astral forms that look nothing like what they should look like. Like when, um, like you, Gil. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a question. What's that? What we got? What's Shh. up, Troy? Future Jean Grey is badass enough to beat the Stepford kids and the White Queen. Right. Simultaneously. Right. In one fight. But she can't beat herself. But she can't beat her younger self right. who does it, who is not experienced with her powers. Exactly. Please explain that yeah. shit to me. Yeah. No, it's, How, it's, it's, and, then, and then they well, do explain it well, to you. Yeah. She's she's frail at this point. So now she's... No, no, no. Here's, here's the thing, though. The whole plan is to send them back. She doesn't want to kill herself. Well, she doesn't. So she, she didn't kill the other ones. She didn't have to kill them to defeat them. She 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 knocked the other ones. Yeah, out. but she doesn't. She, I'm pretty sure she probably did some kind of permanent damage. No, no, she doesn't. No, they're please, not going to have a spark. Please, damage. Emma Frost is going to be brand new. <laughs> in the next issue. So are those little Stepford girls. Well, there is not going to be a actually, problem with them. Actually, what you're saying, Troy, scares me. It won't surprise me if Emma's somehow her powers get fixed because of fighting Jean Grey or something like that. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> well, she, she, Jean Grey lit, she lit the pilot light for Emma Frost. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, sounds like an action figure. <laughs> fighting Jean Grey. <laughs> I mean, the. Mi Here's my problem with this story. For, for you know, you bring these five X Men here, and you have to send them back at some point. But we—that's we, not really a big problem because it's time. So you can take them back to the exact moment you took them out. Right. So they could spend years here in the in the present. But they'll uh, assuming, get older. Yeah, that's maybe the one thing that I you know. I, but this is time, and maybe when you put them back, they reset. Who yeah, knows? who knows? That's not a huge problem, but. Now you're saying, well, they have to go back because if they don't go back, we have this, you know, the future is all fucked up. Right, which is a lie. Which they keep saying is a lie. That is because when, um, when Magic I, goes into the future and brings the real X-Men back, she well, sees the, that it, it was something that happened just to, to those five, the, the five that came from the future. To Jean Grey. So, um, so those, those, nevertheless, you've kind of written into a corner. Well, yeah. yeah, it's because they never. I mean, granted, obviously there is no such thing as time travel that we're aware of. So you know, we're we're all making up as we go That's along. That's what but you think. The government's been holding back. <laughs> <laughs> is that why I keep forgetting things? Um, you know, since there is no real timeline, um, time travel, you have to kind of make it up as you go along. But it, 
you at least then have to set rules of time travel and then follow exactly. them. Which, exactly. Which, like, for instance, That's like, when, 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 when that issue, it. a couple of issues ago, when um, young Cyclops almost died and the adult Cyclops disappeared. Yeah. Okay, fine. Awesome. So now you're, you've now established that this truly is the Cyclops of the same timeline. Right. Now, the only problem with that is, is if the young Cyclops died, and the old Cyclops wouldn't just disappear and things would be as normal. The whole teams that are set up and around there and seeing the battle would have then been put wherever they would be in time. In other words, yeah. if the young Cyclops never existed, Emma Frost would have no reason to have joined the X-Men because she would never have fallen in love with Cyclops. Yep. Therefore, the uncanny X-Men team would never have existed, etc., etc., etc. Oh, so in other now words, you're just taking it right, too far back. Well, I'm going I into what, what they're trying to say. In other words, you can't, you can't, roles, you yeah. can't play with time and then I, ignore it in your own book. I guess you, you know? could say that it just it was starting. It started with Scott, so like the rest were you know, domino effect. Right. It's very possible. But, but since know. they brought him back, you didn't see that. Right. But there's also now in the, last, in the current issue, you see that Beast and, uh, and Jean Grey are trying to send them back and they're wondering what it's not working the time cube is working fine they even send back um what's this guy's name rain was wolverine's son yeah uh, yeah and he, go, and he, he, sees he, Xavier. he sees Xavier. He, he goes back in time and it's like oh apparently because they've been out of the time stream for so long they've created such a paradox where they exist out of time oh, yes. so now what's, what's going on with that oh that's i guess exactly that'll also make sure that they can't age that. now that's a good way for them not to age if they're out of time yeah yeah uh, but <laughs> so, but if they're out of time, then why was it when Scott got when young Scott got killed? Exactly. So it's like, what the hell? Yeah, it, it's it's why time travel should only be used infrequently, and then even in those kind of books, sparingly. But we've yeah. talked about it before about you know when they use time, and sometimes I always feel like when they when they use time in a science fiction or a comic book um, title, it's only it, done right if it's Doctor Who. <laughs> There oh, you, you fuck you and the fucking is. Doctor Who. Please. It's only done right when you avoid the time paradox. Yeah. You have to avoid, and they purposely put in the paradox. Right. With that example that you give with Cyclops and young Cyclops, you, you introduce the time, the, the paradox. Right. And now you can't write yourself out of it no. because you've, you've addressed it. You, the only way it works going in time travel is you, you go back in time, you avoid doing anything, you know, and you, you don't introduce the, the the effects of whatever you've done right they purposely introduce the effects of doing something in in time right and it just doesn't it never it ends up not working right i just always felt that when when they well, one thing i said always is that when they introduce time travel in a book it's like they have nothing else better to write <laughs> i'm serious i mean think about, think about all the books and then like um fringe and even though fringe did um time travel pretty well i feel like well okay we're doing alternate universes and all this other stuff i feel like once you're reaching that point especially when you weren't about that premise if your book is i mean back to the future is all about time travel it's the name of the fucking movie but if if you, if, <laughs> if, if if you're doing a show about uh, about ninjas who kick ass and then all of a sudden you're doing time travel. It's like, well, then you guys don't have anything else to write about. Right. Well, I mean, what the writers always think is they're, they're being clever. They think that uh, it gives them more room to play around with. And in some sense it does. But again, if you don't follow rules that make sense to us, um, you know, I mean, we, we all know paradoxes eventually occur and you get written to a corner to a point. But Marvel has abused that since issues, what, 141 and 142, Days of Future Past. Great story. You know, everything went fine. Now, every time there's time travel, it's basically setting up a paradox because it's never the same future that whatever character comes from. Or in this case, like you said, um, if they're saying they're out of the time loop now, it's 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 lazy way of introducing a character that you try and tell us has impact on the story, but then doesn't. 
and then that's just pointless then so it's like well now you're giving me a story for no reason because it's not evidently impacting anything yeah i think that was just marvel's way of making sure that they would be able to avoid certain pitfalls of time travel but being but being able to keep the time travel thing going on well yeah, also because if, if they had sent them back then no more all new x-men comic book right, right? Well, also, I mean, I'm sure all new X-Men is, you know, it's what the fanboys wanted. Not so much the story, but they wanted Jean Grey back. Yeah. And, you know. I don't you know what. Up, I mean, and, and, I, and I grew up as a fanboy of Jean Grey because, you know, that for me, that was the original team. But now I'm like, yeah, she's kind of boring. She's kind of like the Flash, like Barry Allen's Flash. <laughs> I like, love well, Barry well, Allen. In the beginning, they, Barry they Allen and Flash had, it was like, he's a Flash and that's what he is. And he's a cop. That's what he is. You know, they didn't have all this backstory that, was it Jeff Loeb who wrote, who wrote that? Or? I think so. I'm not sure. Thank you. Oh, it's Mark, Mark Wade. Wade. Okay. Yeah, um, you know that that added that dimension to Barry. Troy said um, the, um, that Mark Mark Wade wrote the Wally West, but the bottom line is that Barry Allen was rewritten, and they gave him a background. I feel like with Jean Grey, she's kind of you know, I mean, dull and all. She was like Cyclops' arm piece until she became the Phoenix. Right. She was not interesting. Well, in the all new X Men, I mean, at least <laughs> even though this is the younger Jean Grey, they are writing her with at least some personality because before all she was was, oh, I like Scott. I wonder if he feels the same about me. Oh, Sentinel's attacking. You know that that was pretty much all she ever did. Um, well, I mean, she, if you go back to I the mean, original X Men, I mean, if you, if, yeah, if you go back to the original, but she she existed beyond that that first run. She was part of the early X Men when they were revived. Right, I but mean, that's uh, right. But even then, her, and this is again where I where I credit, and this is where the problem comes with the fanboys is that she was just woe is me. I like Scott. Does he like me? Then when like Troy's saying, when the all new X Men were created, uh, just talking about when Wolverine and Storm and all those guys were brought in. She was soon after, because remember, she quit the team to go back to college. Mm -hmm. And then she got drawn in on the mission. And then she ends up basically becoming Phoenix soon after that. Right. So that now with becoming Phoenix, her personality, she, she ended up becoming interesting. She had personality because she had power and whatnot. And then she returns to Dark Phoenix. She dies. Right. Jean Grey's story ended. And it was wonderful. If you then try and snag Jean out of time and pull her into now, what are you going to give me? You're just going to give me. Well, they they pick a Jean. They pick the Jean Grey who was young and like does has none of the depth that was created later. Right. They pick her out like and according to Iceman in the story, they've only been the X Men for a few weeks. Right. Yeah. He makes an like off-headed hand comic. We, oh, we, we've only been X Men for a few weeks, which that wasn't totally consistent with something that was said by another character. Right. Yeah. Which that's another story. But yeah. So there's it's a lot of time traveling mess basically right now going on in the story. You know what's funny? All this mess is is the Beast's fault. How could somebody so smart fuck shit up so bad? That's, I always thought, that's like, okay, Beast is the smartest guy on the team. Um, and maybe not a, a, a field general tactician, but he is the smartest right. guy on the team. And knows about time paradoxes and knows about the effects. Being that he remembers Days of Future Past and he's heard about it because he wasn't there. But, you know, right. he, you know, he was involved in all this stuff. Why would you even, you know, think about pulling these new guys? I do like that they addressed that, though. I mean, Hank himself says he was being selfish in doing this. He wanted the young Scott to not become what the older Scott became by being possessed by the Phoenix Force and killing Xavier and killing other people. And I get that he, you know, like anybody, you might know not to do something, but a moment of weakness, you think you're doing the right thing. I'm fine because he's addressed that. It's not like they're ignoring, it's not an elephant in the room, but still it doesn't help their story. It, it's, it's too convoluted. And then of course, you know, we've only been talking about the all new X-Men and the current teams. There's two teams from the future, the same future. Yeah that seemed to be lying about their future, or one of them, I guess. Well, the you know. first one that came through that had uh, Gene, uh, Xavier's grandson. Right. Um, 
um, Snow- Molly Hayes. Snowball Iceman. Yeah, yeah. Snowball Iceman. Well, he was Snowball the Iceman Hulk. Snow, 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 Snow Avalanche Iceman. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Beast and... Um, Deadpool. Old Deadpool. Old Deadpool. And Old Kitty Pride. Old Kitty Pride. And the other one, which which is actually um, Wolverine's son. Because he was his... Wolverine and Mystic's son. Uh, Rain was... Oh, right, right, right. I'm sorry. Yes. Because right. he was disguised. Yeah. By the way... Yeah, Kitty Pride looked like a Lily Tomlin. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so they're the ones that were lying about their future, saying that um, that it was a mess and that they have to send them back right now or else it'd be bad. And then that's when young Jean freaks out and she's like, I can't read their minds. This doesn't seem true. And they just bug out. Right. And then that's when, uh, as, as it goes on, then Magic gets uh, young Hank and young Iceman and they go into the future and they meet the real X-Men and they tell them all, oh, yeah, they're lying, and they—it's kind of stupid because they're like, "Oh, we have to vote whether or not we're gonna help you out." Yeah, it's, and then it's, it's like, "No, it's but I make all the rules." Like, all right, so then we have to vote whether or not we're gonna vote. What yeah, shit is that? And they had what is it? The it looks like Cloak and Doctor Strange character roll into one, yeah. which I want right. to see. And I want to see that that conception. Isn't like Jubilee's also like the leader now? Yeah, the time? she's taking on the persona of Wolverine, but she's got that claw thing that's like the. There's some other story that that's from like that that mark on her face right it's from some other storyline i'm not even sure of i can't remember what it's supposed to be called i'm looking from my i'm looking at my pocket to see where i care about jubilee i don't <laughs> never i don't have ever <laughs> how she is not dead yet i still don't understand should have killed her when she did try to make her to a vampire they yeah. just off to then yeah oh yeah blade tried and evidently he stopped but um <laughs> but like i said you know the story is it's just it's just sits there you know and i'm very surprised i expected more out of it i thought i guess i don't know what i thought it would be i just thought it would be different than what it is i agree i thought it was going to be something you know that, that kind of brought everything to a head and, and brought the new the new x-men to a close and it just seems like it's it just uh, a clusterfuck of of new characters that they haven't introduced um and that they're probably looking to keep into this dimension i don't know or they're going to make into a into an offshoot book yeah, like they did it. for age of um age of apocalypse yeah i don't want to see level, future so. x-men you know future all new x-men or something like that yeah but but um if anybody out there is wondering whether or not the uh, all new x-men will go back to the original timeline i will give you the same information that i received at the comic con at the amazing um x-men uh panel which was oh later on in the all new x-men we have the trial of gene gray Oh, by the way, guys, uh, they don't go back. I'm like, thank you for now ruining your Battle of the Atom story by telling me that when I have two more issues to go. <laughs> so ratings. Uh, ratings. What do we give um, Battle of the Atom so far? Mike. Um, hmm. I'm going to give it hmm, two lame teens out of four. <laughs> <laughs> you give it a two out of four. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, Ralph. I will give it three whiny baby screams out of four. <laughs> three whiny? Wow. So, wait, you give it a three out of four? Why three out of four? I, I like some of the fight scenes that they have, especially the, the whole psychic battle between uh, Emma Frost, Jean Grey, and... Um, so you like two people staring, standing still and staring at each other? Well, because the way it was drawn... I can't wait to make a movie for you. The way, <laughs> the way it was drawn, because when you see like the actual psychic projections, like you see right. the battle in their mind. And you see them like fighting, and actually, it was pretty good. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Troy. Oh. One out of four cerebros. It just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind I mean, of cerebro? Really no, really, there's nothing redeeming about it. it the sucks. rebuilt cerebro by Hank, or the the cerebral pill that Xavier takes. 
The pill. The pill. <laughs> the fact That's that how bad a, it is. The, the fact that there's a Cerebro pill tells you how bad there is. Right. There's nothing redeeming about this story yet. Maybe yeah. maybe they've got some great ending to explain all of this. But, let's, I mean, the future X-Men, all of them suck. Yeah. All of them suck. Oh, yeah. That, that one that's what the Storm slash Black Panther child that actually has a panther as a pet. I'm not even sure what's I mean, up with that. I mean, if they're planning on offshoot book, that is a book I'm going to avoid like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, you um, don't like the plague? <laughs> <laughs> um, what I'll, I'll give it, um, and I'm with you guys. The one thing I'll say is I would have gone with Troy's one out of four, but I like the artwork. I li- I'm a big <laughs> artwork guy, so I'm going to bump it to a two busted Adams out of four busted Adams <laughs> because though the artwork is great. There. What? That's a lot of energy. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I, I love the way that it's drawn. I like the way it built up in the beginning. It, it, it was a whole bunch of nothing for, for three or four issues. Um, it, it, they don't follow their own rules, like Mike said. There's a lot of things that don't make sense, a lot of things that, 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 that um, are not very interesting. Um, I'm just hoping that maybe the, the payoff, the last two issues, will give us something to say, oh, wow, it wasn't so bad in the end, but... But we have Quentin Choir as the Phoenix in the future. Oh God! Who's yeah, Quentin, Quentin Choir. Who's Quentin Choir? Quentin Choir is, is from um, Wolverine the X Men's book. He's a a, a telepath. Grant Morrison's time as well. Grant Morrison. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah. he was in the new X Men run as well. He's he's a he's a um, a telepath slash Omega t- a telekinetic level. Omega level who's like you know kind of he's he's a pain in the ass. He's Jean Grey without the boobs and with a purple mohawk and, and a bad attitude. So um, there you have it. Our review for um, what we have so far of the series that we like to call Battle of the Atom. Geeks on the go. All right. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers. And we have Troy here to be able to participate also in Geeks on the Go. One minute to answer five or so geek-filled questions. Are we ready? Oh, yeah. Yes, Captain. All right. So let me get set myself. Ready and start the timer. Um, death to who? Lady Deadpool or Joker's daughter? Ralph. Uh, Joker's daughter. Troy. Lady Deadpool. Mike. Uh, the Joker's daughter eats Lady Deadpool and then they both die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Best Batman animated version. Batman Beyond, Beware of the Batman, or Batman Brave and the Bold? Troy. Batman Beyond. Mike. Brave and the Bold, but Beyond is a very close, close second. Ralph. I'm a tight head. I got to go with Beyond. Come on. <laughs> what comic book event would you undo? DC's revamp of New 52, M-Day, or Spider-Man's brand new day? Ralph. I would redo DC's New 52 and make it better. Mike. Uh, the New 52 and never have it happen. <laughs> Troy. Brand new day. I, I'm, I love Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rumor has it. Nightcrawler should be returning. One word. Ralph. Interesting. Question mark. All right. Our timer is up. We're going to do it anyway. Mike. Uh, fan-fucking-tastic espialidocious. That's all one word. Troy. Uninspired. <laughs> that too. All right. And last question. First episode of Walking Dead came out last Sunday. Your feelings. Troy. I'm I'm excited and I feel like I'm really really looking forward to see what happens with the new characters that are coming on. 
the new characters that we've already seen, the, the Spanish girl, for instance. And I understand Eugene is being introduced and a couple of other people, so I'm looking forward to it. Ralph. What? It came out already? Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Slow start, grisly at an end. I'm looking forward to blood, and I can't wait to see that whole prison worth of people dying. Plus, you should be happy, Cap. They killed Phineas. Uh, Phineas <laughs> and Ferb. That's the kid that died is the voice of Phineas. Oh, thank God. Cap, Cap says, well, I think that um, it's a good beginning. I was a little bit, you know, I guess I wanted Wham Bam in the beginning, but um, once again, the guys are correct in the sense that, um, you know, a slow beginning leads to a really good, um, you know, series to go on. By far, that was probably the longest um, <laughs> of Geeks on the Go that we've done. I don't know what you guys would do without me. You know what the funny thing is? We're going to find that out soon. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be the best episode Yeah, ever. I don't know what you guys are going to do without me. So, Ralph, just be ready. Filet mignon, lobster, and caviar. That's what's oh. on the menu. <laughs> That's all we're having. Motherfuckers. All right. So, <laughs> on behalf of Mike the Finance Guy, Ralph the Tech, my homeboy Troy, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And what are you going to do without me for the next show? <laughs>